So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey Is. Holy shit, there's a lot to get into and I'm in a mood. <laughs> there is so much going on this week. It's like when it rains, it pours. Somebody tweeted a list of everything that's happened in the Bravo world in the last month, I think. I can put it in the description. And it was like a novel's worth of things that have happened. Full transparency, and I know we're not going to start with this, but if you ask me the thing I'm the most excited to talk about, it is hands down the Robin and Juan Dixon situation. Oh, we're going to dedicate a full section to that. Like, I have so much to say, and I can't wait to dissect this because we actually have not spoken about it yet. No, no, we have not, but I have been catching up on the podcast. I subscribe to Robin and Giselle's Patreon. <laughs> I've been boots on the ground with this shit, and I'm ready to get into it. <laughs> oh my God, me too. We're going to get into it all. Housewives of New York Legacy, Mary Cosby, Robin and Juan, Potomac, Miami, Salt Lake City reunion. And then we will end with Isabel's interview with Tracy Tudor that she did solo this last week. Wow. That is a dynamite list. Let's <laughs> let's begin. So in terms of New York, this all starts on Sunday when Page Six reports, quote, Bravo has lost interest in Roni Legacy as contract talks stall over money. And it says, we're told Bravo has hit pause on contract negotiations with sources close to the cast telling us the network is lowballing them while production insiders huff that the talent think, quote, they should make what the cast of Friends was making in their heyday. Meanwhile, we're told that the network appears to have, quote, lost interest in pursuing the legacy edition amid the deadlock. So that's Sunday. On Monday, Andy tweets, don't believe everything you read, hashtag Roni legacy. On Tuesday, page six reports, quote, we hear that the potential stars of the new legacy edition of the Bravo show weren't on the same page about whether or not to accept a deal that would get the show on the air, and that the ones who were ready to sign on the dotted line were pretty pissed at the holdouts who brought the whole thing crashing down. Luann then tells People, quote, while it's true that negotiations have stalled on the series, that doesn't mean the show is over for good. I always said, never count out the Countess, but in this case, it's never count out the New York City Housewives. Then there is that photo of Luann looking very distressed, sitting at the counter of a restaurant, reading the page six article that says Roni legacy is dead. And then on Wednesday, there's that now viral photo of Luann, Dorinda, and Ramona all at lunch together. So a lot going on there. I'll tell you my response to all this. I think it's a whole lot of commotion for nothing. I would put money on it that Roni legacy is going to happen. Me too. I, I think this is a whole lot of nothing. Honestly, watching them all in the car together on their way to lunch just on Instagram stories was almost like 
a reigniting feeling of how badly I need them back. I know Ramona has basically confirmed that she's not going to come back and she's not rejoining, but even just seeing Dorinda and Luann, it made me so passionate. And I don't know. I just think, I think it's coming back. And I think that this is a whole lot of talk. I'm sure there's a lot of diva behavior and yeah, they're probably demanding a million dollars an episode like Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox were back in the heyday, like they say, but I don't blame them and I'm not surprised in the slightest. I mean, to me, my personal favorite, like if we were picking favorite parts of the whole saga, mine is this picture of Luann sitting at the (laughs) counter that's so clearly staged and the headline on page six was like Luann de Lesseps looks distressed and on edge while reading article about Roni legacy like I'm <laughs> sorry that's literally the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life I know I mean to me I definitely think there's truth in the fact that there was probably some friction and maybe still is over the negotiations but at the end of the day I think over money, these women's top priority, specifically these women, is to be back on Bravo. And I just cannot envision a world in which a standstill is going to be the demise of this. I I just don't see it. I think it's too important to them. Yeah. I think it's a big battle between their egos and feeling how they are such pillars of the show and how important they are, but also their like deep desire and excitement, I think, to be back. Like It's definitely those two sides of their brain playing tricks, but at the end of the day, they're never going to turn down the opportunity to return. No. And also let us not forget, yes, regular Housewives of New York is being revamped and I do feel optimistic about it. But if we're going to call it like it is, our hearts are with the OGs and they know that and Bravo knows that. And I just feel like everyone is so freaked out, which I totally understand, but I'm telling you guys have a little faith. I really feel confident it's going to happen. Me too. Also, in other casting news, the bombshell report on Wednesday from Page Six that Mary Cosby is apparently returning to Salt Lake City in a friend role amid the cast shakeup. What do you think? I did not see that coming, did you? Not in the slightest. I was 100% certain after she left last year, specifically after she didn't show up to the reunion, that there was just no way. I kind of thought on both sides actually on all three sides, the cast, the network, and Mary, that no one was really interested anymore. I just, I never saw this coming. The other thing I want to mention, and I always say this because anytime we post a story or a grid post, you know, people use that almost as like a sounding board for their opinions on Bravo. I sometimes feel like people, you know, treat RTMs as like this void, which I totally appreciate because it gives us such a good insight in terms of what people are feeling about the different shows. And I would say, and tell me if you agree with this, I would say 90% of the DM reactions when we posted that page six report were very negative of people being like, I hope this isn't the case. I don't know. I think it because the season we just watched was sort of such a mess, it, it doesn't feel like bringing her back who we already have like processed will make it any better. If we were coming off of an incredible season And we felt like this would be some interesting shakeup, but it's like, I don't know, we're already down in the trenches. This just feels like we need some fresh blood. I also do think in total fairness, we are all so exhausted by this season of Salt Lake City that timing-wise, this is the worst possible time for this news to come out because we need a minute. Like we just finished the last part of the reunion. We need a little bit of time to recover to even think about what the next season could possibly look like. So no matter what, I don't think this news is going to be well-received based on the timing. Honestly, what the fuck do I know? Because I think this franchise needs Jesus. And in that case, maybe Mary is their best bet, actually. <laughs> they need a prayer. That's yeah. why they're bringing her back. I mean, production is set 
allegedly to resume on February 13th, which is like literally next week. Talk about whiplash. So Mm -hmm. I guess it makes sense for the announcement to come back now. I just like, I I wish I had like a week off, I guess. I just feel like the Marlo sound mm -mm -mm, today drained me. That's how (laughs) I feel about the whole season of Salt Lake City. Oh, specifically, that's how I felt after watching this this last part of the reunion. Oof. Oh. Okay, so one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which, as we know, is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery. Which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, term supply. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be, are mascara and lip gloss, maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy. But honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero-tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like, I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also, super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. All right, you ready to get into this Juan Robin Dixon shit? Ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) I think that we should do a recap of what has transpired in the last week and then we can really get into it. Do you feel good about that? Yeah, I feel great about that. So this all starts on January 24th when a TikToker by the name of at Giorgio says, 
posts a video on behalf of an anonymous woman with DMs, receipts, text messages saying that she dated Juan Dixon for over a year during the end of COVID. And she mentioned that Robin knows but asked her to not make it public. You know, in this video, he shows a text that was from Juan allegedly last text January 26th of last year, also a hotel invoice from a hotel in Maryland that he allegedly paid for, all of these things that, you know, she was going to send to producers. And she says that the reason she stopped messing around with him is, quote, because he likes to meet girls and then pass them off to his friends. More on that in a little bit when I get into Robin's response. So we all know what's been going on in the show at this time. Obviously, Karen just made these cheating accusations against Juan. Robin's on the phone with him. We have all of that. So this is all coming out right after us watching this episode. As we also know, Robin and Juan did end up getting married, and that was filmed for this season's finale. Okay. So six days after this TikTok comes out, Robin finally addresses it on her podcast, Reasonably Shady with Giselle. I listened to the podcast and I also listened to their Patreon episode where they charge $5 a month to give us the real tea because the second I saw this, I said, this shit is not adding up and let me go straight to the source. There were a lot of videos recapping the Patreon, but I had to really hear it for myself to understand just the bullshit that was being spewed. All right. So Robin starts out by saying, first of all, I was aware of the situation before we filmed season seven because this woman told me, she DM'd me the same receipts that were posted in the video. And she says to Giselle, her co-host, you know, and she was so pressed to tell you too, Giselle, because this woman also allegedly sent all of this information to Giselle as well. And so Robin's basically saying, you know, I was waiting for someone to bring it up this whole season. And when they were in Mexico and Ashley tells her about the conversation with Karen, she's singing to herself, okay, this is it. And then it turns out it was about, you know, this blonde woman in Georgetown. And she's like, that that was not even the correct situation. So Robin, from her perspective, is saying, you know, I was fully expecting to talk about it on season seven. It's just that it never got brought up. She then goes on to say, you know, when this situation occurred, it was something that she spoke to Juan about and they worked through it. They discussed it. They they handled it. You know, she said that, yes, it may have been one of the reasons that the wedding was delayed because they were in the process of working through all this. Keep in mind, and we'll get more into this in the discussion section, but keep in mind as I'm saying this, the season that we are currently watching, one of the main storylines is the delay of Robin and Juan's wedding. And not once does she mention any of this, even though here she's saying she was fully prepared to talk about it and she knew about it and you know she was expecting that it was going to come up. In a few minutes, we'll get into some of the cast response to all of this, but I first just want to go to Robin and Giselle's Patreon episode where they go into this in a little bit more detail. And Robin basically explains that this woman reaches out on Instagram to Juan saying that she was a huge fan of Robin and Giselle, thinks that Juan is really handsome and, you know, just trying to make conversation. And the way that she's telling this in this Patreon episode is, you know, Juan was an idiot and he responded and he engaged. So she starts out by saying that this woman lives in Canada and Canada was on strict lockdown during COVID. So to her, that directly refutes the woman's statement that she was dating Juan during COVID because she says, how could she be dating Juan during COVID if she couldn't even leave Canada? So she then says that once the lockdown was lifted, this woman reached out to Juan and said, I'm coming to California. Should I come to Maryland? And she said that, you know, he said whatever. She's like, he's not asking for her to come. He's not really entertaining it. He didn't pay for her flight. And Robin is saying that this woman told Juan that she was dating a Baltimore Ravens football player that lived in Potomac. And he said, all right, so then, you know, go if you want to see him. Again, I know how crazy this sounds. This is just exactly what Robin was saying on our episode. So this woman 
according to Robin, told the blogs that Juan flew her out. She denies that claim, says that it's entirely untrue. Juan never paid for a flight. Then when we get to the hotel receipts, Robin explains that this woman comes to Maryland, spends a night in the hotel, and she calls Juan, frustrated, crying, said that her wallet got stolen at the casino. She says Juan felt bad, came to the hotel, gave his card, and left. She said the woman then asked Juan to, you know, take her to get her hair done, to go to Western Union, and he didn't want to go, so he sent his friend. My jaw's on the floor because I am listening to you recount this, the Patreon stuff, because I didn't listen. I'm dying. I know. I know. And honestly, that was really all she spoke about it in terms of the details. Genuinely, the way that I was saying it and how kind of delusional that story sounds is exactly the way that she was describing it. And she also says that when this woman first sent her the information and all of these receipts, she responded and said, hi, thank you for this information. Take care. And she said that over the course of the last year or so, the woman would message Juan and Juan was basically like, fuck it, I'm just going to block her. And Robin said, you know, don't block her, just be cordial. If she messages you, respond nicely because she said, did I think there was a good chance she would go to the blogs? Absolutely. But also I wasn't trying to egg her on basically, you know, so she kind of was trying to keep everything at bay, which is why she never, one blocked her, never exposed her, never had Juan block her. But that is really... That's really what it was. I, I, I'm trying to process this in real time because you're the first human being I've spoken to about this after listening to the episodes today. And like, I just can't believe this is really what's being laid out. Okay. I don't even know where to begin because of course you can unpack this whole situation as it stands alone. Like Juan basically cheating on her, her believing that it was only like an emotional texting affair and that he would just show up to a hotel at late at night pay for the room and then go home, which is just, I think, delusional. Um, it, it just all of it, like on its own, is crazy and interesting. But the layer, adding the layer that Robin went this entire season, fine. You don't want to be the one to bring it up when you're talking all about your marital issues and delaying the wedding. Okay, I understand. It's probably awkward and uncomfortable and scary. And like, you don't want to be the one to just like put your husband on blast. However, when everyone's sitting there, literally accusing you, even if the details are not exactly true, but accusing your husband of this happening and Karen point blank saying, you know about it. How can you deny it? And how can you go on your own podcast and then also ask people to pay $5 extra to go on your Patreon to spill the tea? You are on a reality show. So you're telling me that she sat through the entire reunion and said to Karen, I have no idea what you were talking about. I don't know what any of you were talking about. This is all bullshit. And then waited a couple days later to spill the tea on her own platform. Why are you a housewife then? That's what I'm saying. It's, I agree with you. I don't expect her to necessarily bring that information up herself when talking about the wedding process. It would be ideal, but I do think that's a lot to ask. But when you are directly confronted with it, and if you're saying that you fully expected for it to come out, you have that opportunity to really... I think, gain yourself some credibility, you know? The exact thing that everyone accuses her and Giselle of trying to deflect to make their storylines a little bit more seamless and really put the attention sometimes in an unwarranted way on other people, she could have taken that back because according to her, it was something they'd already worked through. And I just think it's really ballsy. I do. I mean, 
obviously there would have been backlash and everybody would have talked no matter what. But wouldn't it have been such like a boss move for her at the table or whenever Karen like really brought up everything for her to say like, yeah, you're right. It's none of your business. Like my husband and I dealt with it and that's why we're getting married this year. So like forget about it. Or I don't know. I don't know what she would have done. Obviously, it's so much easier said than done because I think specifically Robin's mode is always on the defense like that's just how she operates every single day so of course in a heightened situation that's her route that she's gonna choose I just think I don't know I I almost would have been happier if she just like never spoke about it like if it was true or wasn't true fine but going on your podcast like the week of the reunion after not owning up to any of it like why why the podcast is what the show is supposed to be I think that that she just really shot herself in the foot and this makes everyone question her and judge her as an authentic housewife which up until this point you know we've kind of felt she was like last season and all the seasons before I always felt like she was a really open book and open about her struggles open about her mental health her relationship her finances and this really flipped that on its head for me I know, I know. And I, I also think, you know, some of the frustration from the cast members, which I do want to read verbatim what some of them said, is that it also in a way, you know, puts the authenticity of the show at question because it really goes to show how people can pick and choose what they want to talk about. And, you know, if we're frustrated with it as the viewer, think about if you are one of these other women that really are bearing it all and having these parts of your life revealed that you may not want, but you know that it kind of comes with the territory. I think that they have every right to feel upset about it. The other thing I do want to mention though, because I really do think it's the elephant in the room, her relationship with Juan, there is no world in which this is sustainable. Meaning I'm not even saying that it, it ends possibly in divorce or they break up or they get separated. Who knows what's going to happen? But hearing her talk to me, that was just a woman that was living in a lot of denial to the point where it genuinely made me sad, honestly, because you you can see the way that he's reacted in the past situations. And I think a lot of the times for her, she feels that it's a lot easier to just kind of yes him to death and in, instead of really dealing with it because she finds that he at times gets really dramatic. What she said on the Patreon episode was that she feels that he needs a lot of attention and almost to the point where she was not blaming herself because she said that he was being an idiot, but she basically said like, you know, that's something that we're working on because I don't really need a lot of attention. I like to be alone. And Juan does need a lot of attention. And when I'm not giving it to him, you know, he kind of goes elsewhere, which again, it wasn't entirely blaming herself, but it did have hints of that. And to me, that's like a very, you know, concerning dynamic. Yeah. There's just, like I said, so much to analyze in terms of their relationship and also the way that she brought this to the public. But when you really just analyze the relationship, which we could talk about probably for an hour on its own, she has been burned in the past. They had a tumultuous relationship before they broke up the first time and then in between when they weren't together, even though they were still like co-parenting and, you know, best friends. Like they've been together since they were teenagers and he has said that her family took him in as their own. So just like a very complicated, deep relationship between the two of them. So then to go around again. Here they are giving it a second chance. So excited. New page and chapter. And he does it again. It's like how how do you trust again? I don't know. And I just think she's not a super 
outwardly emotional person and doesn't like to talk about her emotions, which if I had to guess, I would say probably transfers into her relationship with Juan. And I just, I don't know. It makes me nervous. The other thing you have to wonder though, is that really how she handles her emotions, which it totally could be, or is any of that kind of influenced by the way that he has seemingly reacted in the past to when she has been emotional because it from what we've seen and again it's only what we're seeing on a show it hasn't been that receptive it hasn't been that comforting it's been at times dismissive so i just you know i wonder the connection there i mean i don't know i have a lot to say on this but getting into some of the cast tweets so after this all comes out karen tweets well you don't say dot 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 and candace does a thread which i want to read she says wow a thread Our boss's favorite clapback when we're playing coy about certain aspects of our lives is you're on a reality show about your life. There's an expectation that doing no harm, we show up to this platform as our authentic selves. And while we quote, reserve the right to be judicious about what we share, there's a special brand of audacity attached to individuals who will knowingly bury the lead in exchange for damning and salacious lies that stand to cause irreparable harm to innocent people. It tarnishes the integrity of the premise of our show. It tap dances on the intelligence of the viewership that champion our stories and discover their own parallels in our lives. And when it's not that deep, it simply occludes amusement. It's not entertaining. It's not interesting. It's whack. Why be open or genuine or authentic when the least of us can rob our viewers of the truth and continually be rewarded for it? What are we doing? And a better question, what are y'all watching? Which was really beautifully said and I think hit on all of our reactions. And like I said, if we're pissed, imagine how pissed they are. Like Chris Bassett getting fucking screwed this whole season for – a look he gave Giselle in the dressing room, like, come on. No, and he was putting out tweets too, like, he's pissed. It's annoying. They all have to be so authentic, get called out on their shit, and own it, and give genuine answers. And here Robin is, like, that's, again, what I'm saying. If she never said anything, fine. Like, let her run with it. Let it be her secret. And let everyone just know in their hearts that maybe they were right, but it was never confirmed. This just feels so thirsty for her to wait and spill all this tea on her own podcast and her own platform and then again to be clickbaity and say, actually, I'm going to give even more tea on my Patreon. Like, I would be so annoyed and I am annoyed. And I think Andy's probably annoyed. And watching the reunion now when they have discussions about this, I'm curious how all of our perspectives will be and also like what the conversation will look like. Yes. And also the real question I had is, I forget if it was on Patreon or her podcast where she said, you know, listen, I don't know if Juan will talk about it. I don't know if he'll you know, tell you to kick rocks if you bring it up. I definitely don't know how he'll react if they ask us to talk about it together next season, basically. Which to that I say, if Robin comes back next season, which she is, and everything indicates to the fact that she enjoys being a housewife and she wants to continue being a housewife and, you know, maintain the income she receives from it. The way that she describes it, and really from what we've seen on the show, Juan has a deep opposition to any of these issues being covered. So that's never going to work because aside from like what that does for her in terms of her own storylines, imagine the friction that causes in their home. Like her source of income and her ability to make her main source of income is directly impacted possibly by his unwillingness to have any of these issues covered publicly when they're on a reality show about their lives. Like he's, it's, it's, he's like cock blocking the whole thing. Yeah. He, he already doesn't like the show. You can just tell like not just him being on camera, but I think what 
Robin gets caught up in and the conversations and the drama just so not his thing. So then for the spotlight to be turned on him and then for it to be that his wife is like confirming it all to be true. I don't think that would go over well in anyone's household. Like that's really, really hard and brutal. And you have to really be a certain type of person and couple to be okay with that, which I think probably is rare. But in this case, like, is it worth it for her? Is it worth it for their marriage, which clearly already has enough issues of its own to stay on the show? Did she feel safer doing it on the podcast? Like to him, does that seem better and more personable and not so like on cable television? I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like she is a good part of the show, even though the season was certainly weak for her. And I really disagree with the way she handled a lot of things. That also doesn't mean that I want her off the show, but I do think like you got to play the game, you know? Yeah. And I feel for her, like this is a shitty situation. Obviously I think that she's really hurt by this. And part of her appearing so stoic is, you know, a self protection mechanism. And I get it. So like, yes, I'm frustrated at the same time. I'm sure she was hurt by this. And I, definitely feel for her I just think that this is not a sustainable relationship and I hope that if it's not really what she wants deeply that she will not stay in it again it may be but if it isn't I hope that she can really follow her truth I don't know I wish there could be like a post reunion sit down well don't cancel that patreon subscription yet that's what I'll say girl I'm paying five bucks a month for life (laughs) (laughs) we are in it now (laughs) you want to talk uh the Potomac episode, though, which I know we kind of just handled most of Potomac, and now this feels far less interesting. But I still was into this episode. I had a great time. I mean, the steak and the lobster at the strip club Mia took them to looked excellent. I felt so validated on Mia's behalf. Same. When they got there and they realized like it was a beautiful, classy establishment with a built-in shower in the middle, which, by the way genius and a beautiful spread of food and they were all having such an amazing time like I know Sharice was being shady about Mia being the one to sort of pull it together but you know what sometimes there's a woman for the job and it doesn't matter if she's the fucking maid of honor or the friend that she made two minutes ago you gotta just let her do her thing and in this case that was Mia to me Mia is the clear person there I mean probably a combo of her and Ashley Darby yeah, I mean, I would hire them to hi- to do my bachelorette party in a fucking heartbeat. That's what I was going to tell you. You know, as I was watching this episode, I was saying to myself, <laughs> Wait, I, just, what? I just thought of something so funny. What? Okay, you know the girl on TikTok who sings Umbrella, like, and it's like, sing when you blank? Yes. <laughs> I want to make one sing when you would let them plan your bachelorette party. And it's like. <laughs> Not singing for Sharice, not singing for Cameron. That's Mia comes on. When the sun shine, we shine together. <laughs> singing my heart out. Are you kidding me? That's what I was going to say to you. Like, I was watching this episode and I was saying to myself, she may be a terrible friend to Jacqueline. She at times may be a pathological liar, but this woman is so fun. <laughs> oh my God. Same with Ashley. Like, Ashley, I guess, has her own set of issues, but. She is a good time, but that girl can gossip. She really can with the best of them. And and at Robin's bridal fitting, nonetheless. No, she did not waste a second. Robin's walks out in her first dress and Ashley's like, so, want to hear some tea? I'm like, she's barely clipped in yet. (laughs) I know. She's like, did you know that Wendy saw me in the vagina? I'm like, all right, it's 2 p.m. Yeah, like literally uh, the women at the store are like still unlocking. 
I don't know if how you, you feel about this. And obviously we weren't there. We don't know exactly what went down, although I fully believe Mia's story because I don't think she has any reason to lie about any of it. When I heard this, one, I was like, this is so entertaining. Yes, I'm obviously so into it. But also, I was happy for Wendy's sake. Like, it seemed like Wendy had a really fun night. And you know what? Yeah. It's fun to be around people sometimes that are so sexually liberated that just make you feel like anything goes. And clearly she was having a good night and good for her. It seemed like, who was it? Candace, Mia, Wendy, and who was the fourth hanging out with them? Ashley. Yeah, Ashley. That the four of them specifically just like kept the party going. We're having so much fun, really connecting, really just like letting loose. And that's what I want to see. Like, where's the after hour cameras on that, you know? But I was happy for Mia again, like good for them, hot couple, no one's judging. And like, she deserves it. Yeah. It was just a very fun time to hear them recounting it. Also, as we know, just going back to the strip club for a second, these Karen allegations were flying. Charisse does not like Karen. No, <laughs> no, you don't say. <laughs> they, <laughs> not telling you something that you don't know, but like I just really. <laughs> if we were in like fourth grade, I think, and I said that in front of a boy, they would have been like, okay, Captain Obvious. <laughs> Oh my god, I haven't heard that in a long time. I know. Yeah, no, I mean, she just, she can't stand the woman. And by the way, like, you know what? If Karen at times was fooling around with a man here and there, I just don't think that Ray is that mad about it. (laughs) Sorry, I just don't. I feel like they sort of just do their thing. And everyone at this point knows that that facade that she put on in the beginning, that they were like, this solid couple that was the pillar of the community and the face of like a healthy long marriage just not really it and they're sort of just happy in whatever living situation and schedules that they have and they support their kids or her her daughter is like so fucking cool raven i'm obsessed with her but I just don't ever see Karen ever owning up into that because I think she's still stuck very much in this image and this lifestyle that I don't know. She, I don't think would ever like want to separate or divorce from Ray unless he asked for it, but I don't think that's happening either. I think he just, he, Ray is the kind of guy I feel like wakes up every day, does the exact same routine, has a closet full of like the same 30 shirts and he just goes along, is happy to be there and does what he needs to do. Yeah, and and so does Karen. And by the way, Ray is thrilled to be taking a photo of her handing the check to the supplier at her three-week meeting, you know? Oh, my God. With the ribbon? Yeah, he's thrilled. Yes, of course. (laughs) I don't know. This is is a fun-ass episode. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so much fun. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine-building features like 
Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Let's get into my favorite 45 minutes of any week, Miami. Yes. Oh my God, my heaven. This was a good episode. Not the craziest, but we got some things to discuss here. I was hooked start to finish. I know I always am, but this was like an incredible episode that really had it all. I feel like we are not going to be on the same page about this, which is totally fine. But going off of last week with the whole, you know, situation with the lawyer, when I said to like, I absolutely adore Nicole. And in a lot of ways, I really much appreciate the way she handles things. And I totally understood why she was so pissed about these allegations from Larsa. However, I did find the credit card to the lawyer move be a little bit just tasteless because of the fact that they were in someone's home and it was clearly, you know, a friend of Alexia, whatever. So this week when Alexia kind of confronts her about it, while I totally disagreed with the way that Alexia went about it, and I thought this should have been a one-on-one conversation, not at the lunch with all of their husbands, I could understand her frustration, especially when you find out that it's been Todd's friend of, of 30 years. Like I was trying to, I was trying to take away how I feel about Nicole, who's someone that I adore, and also the way that Alexia was handling it, which I felt was overly aggressive for the situation. And just think, if this was me, this is mine slash my husband's friend of 30 years that I was inviting, who I'm sure has a very you know healthy practice, and my friend kind of like threw their credit card at him. I don't think I'd be thrilled about that. I can't lie. No, okay. I agree with you that I would be pissed if I was Alexia, and the Todd element really brings it to a new level because- I I don't know. It just like makes it more personal for her, I guess. And also how just disrespectful it was. But where I felt that they were not understanding each other was when they later have that dinner, the two of them. And when Nicole was apologizing, but saying, but I need you to understand why I didn't call you and apologize. And Alexia was taking that as like a sorry, but like that there were other parameters to the apology when 
I understood, I could hear Nicole. Like I was, I wanted to yell through the screen. Like, I understand what you're saying. Like you didn't even think that it was warranting an apology or from your perspective, because you were so almost blinded by the rage that you felt about the situation and what Larson was saying and everything. Like it didn't, it, it didn't like crack through for you. And I just think she wasn't able to separate them. And I, I just know Nicole now looking back, like I'm sure at the reunion when she sees the footage of her getting up in her little red leather ALC dress and throwing a credit card at a top Miami lawyer, she won't be proud of that, but she will explain why she did it and where it came from and how she wanted to make a point. I don't like that Alexia brought it up at that dinner again with all the guys. I think it needed to be private and she was almost testing Nicole of like, well, is she going to show up? Is she going to apologize? And then she was so already upset and angry in her mind that like it just kind of spilled out without any warning to Nicole. And that's what she felt like she didn't need to warn Nicole. But I understand also how Nicole was very caught off guard. Oh, well, that was the thing that I found was really unfair on Alexia's part of like, you are talking to hands down the woman in the group that is the most unafraid of telling someone exactly the way that she's feeling. And so if she was so upset by this, which I genuinely believe that she was, this was something she could have called Nicole up the next day. You know, I think that it's bold of her to expect that Nicole was going to apologize when she had not voiced any upset. And yes, you could make the argument Nicole should have known, but Nicole was taken away by the heat of the moment. And also Alexia is the first one to call you out when, you know, something you do upsets her. So to Nicole's credit, like I think she did expect that Alexia would have said something and she didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, also everyone at Alexia's house was acting berserk. So it wasn't like everyone was sitting there quietly and Nicole made a whole scene. It was like, kept getting elevated and raised the voice and raised the voice and the screaming and everyone's up out of their seat. And also when you cut to the scene at the end of the luncheon, like Nicole felt like she left on an okay note. It wasn't like Alexia said to her, you really misbehaved in my house and I'm disappointed in you. And then she went home and never said anything. She felt like it was all okay. The dust had settled and that her issue wasn't with Alexia, but in turn, be- the way she expressed it, it became an issue with Alexia. Yeah, exactly. And the, doing it in front of the husbands was just not cool. I, mean, I really did feel for Nicole that she was entirely blindsided by that. Because Todd actually does have skin in the game. It's not like the husbands just got involved because they wanted to defend their wives, which of course is partially true. But when Anthony was making the comment of like, well, what do you want me to do? Send him flowers or send him chocolates? Todd is like personally affected by that. You're talking about one of his like old good friends who he's so much respect for. It's not just some guy. So he's really taking that to heart. And that, you know, added so many layers to this argument. I just felt like it was unnecessary to happen then. And it was just because it was the first time Alexia was seeing her. And Alexia has too much pride to call her up and say, I think we need to have a lunch or I think I need an apology from you. Like she felt Nicole should be the one to reach out. And Nicole... Nicole had that blind spot and I'm I'm willing to admit that I'm not that much of a Nicole apologist although I kind of am but the dinner between the two of them I think they sort of said it was water under the bridge but I don't think Alexia actually was understanding Nicole's point oh she wasn't and you could definitely tell that by the way that she was speaking on watch what happens this week with her and Marisol like I'm sure there were more things that went down you know Nicole was so willing to not only apologize but also really try to understand where Alexia was coming from. Like that one-on-one, 
I, I, I do feel Alexia could have given her a little bit more grace because that was to me, the way that Nicole was speaking, that was really the, the feelings of a woman that like was actually upset that she upset someone and didn't know about it. I just think Alexia wasn't understanding that in that moment when Nicole was talking to the lawyer and talking to the group and making this whole commotion, the room was blurred except for Larsa's face. And all she could think about was what Larsa said, the allegation, and all the weight that comes behind that. It had nothing to do. The lawyer's face to her, I think, was like not even there. Like it was sort of just slow motion happening. And it was all just a symbol of how she felt about Larsa. And it was all directed at Larsa and everyone else was sort of just like shot along the way yeah 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 no it would I know right it's like where's Larsa in all of this <laughs> yeah if like, Larsa never said if Larsa never said that Nicole was sleeping with every doctor at the hospital we wouldn't have been in this situation but somehow that's conveniently left out right like when Nicole's saying all the things about like do you know how hard it is in my position a woman and everything like it all makes sense. And that was what she was feeling in her mind. Not like, let me see how I can be an asshole to this lawyer that Alexia invited to her house. No, he was just like a, a roadblock in the way of her making a point to Larsa and being as dramatic and sort of like sassy as possible. It's a shame, though, because together in a, in another world, Alexia and Nicole could be so strong together. I mean, they are so sharp and powerful and rich and like could you imagine what they I just think be? Marisol and Alexia fundamentally just don't like Nicole I don't think they've given her a chance and I think that they've picked things about her they don't like I don't know maybe because she operates differently maybe because she's a newbie maybe because she speaks her mind in a way similar to them but also different to them but they have chosen that they don't like her and I don't think that they change in that because they're very stubborn but yeah they could be so powerful and also Nicole obviously her point would have won no matter what if she hadn't behaved this way I mean Alexia was like pushing back on it and what Nicole said was true if people were talking shit about your 20-year career you would be pissed too naturally it just like she lessened her argument and her the strength of her point by doing this little performative act yes yes Wow, that felt so good to talk about. I like oh really had, right? Didn't it? Yeah, it felt yeah. really good to talk about. I've been thinking about this all day. Wow, that was therapeutic. <laughs> that was. That was a very cathartic experience. <laughs> also, wait, oh, the Alexia and Frankie scene. I, I can't. I know. You can like feel the emotion through the screen. Yeah, and I feel like we've kind of been on this ride with her. And these are scenarios that I personally have never experienced or seen on TV. Like they're very specific and seeing the way she handles it, Frankie, her relationship. It's just like, it's so special. And it's also for us as viewers, like watching housewives, an amazing contrast to see, because, you know, you don't only want to see her fighting dirty and calling Nicole out. You want to see this real soft, amazing part of her life. And I just feel like it's really, it's really great to be able to see her like a 360 view. Yeah, absolutely. And also for her to say in her confessional, like, listen, I'm part of the problem. I am deeply overprotective over Frankie. I have been always over both of my kids. And it's just, you know, I, I can appreciate that self-awareness from her. It's funny because so Sutton from Beverly Hills, obviously, was on Jeff Lewis this week. And 
I was thinking, because she was talking about her kids, like how different of an experience it is getting to know housewives and watch their stories when we don't get to see them at home being moms. Same with like Brandy Glanville. And even with Jeff Lewis, like he can't post his daughter. All of them have, you know, divorces and agreements with the other parents. And also maybe even with the kids just not wanting to be on the show, but how it's such a different experience and how we have such different views of them. Like imagine if we never saw Alexia with Frankie, like we wouldn't know this side of her. We wouldn't know the struggles she goes through and the softness to her and like the thoughts and what keeps her up at night. Like we wouldn't know her as well. And, you know, you feel like you know her so well when you see her in these scenes with just the women, but that's only such a small sliver of the pie. And I just feel like it's an important thing to, be aware of when we're watching and like it really does affect your experience no it's a totally different viewing experience and I even felt that way actually with it's funny you mentioned Sutton last season or the season before when we see her talking to that guy on Bumble and they go on that date it's like we had never really seen Sutton in that capacity pretty much Sanjit yes and that's another you know that's another side to her yes no exactly it's like yeah it's great to see them in all these scenarios the way that I felt about the Lisa Larsa Kiki scene was one obviously loved that I could listen to Lisa talking about the trainer dropping her because he's training the mistress for forever. But for Lisa's sake, I wish that, you know, they went to a place that was a little busier that night because it kind of looked like she was doing that solely just to film that type of a scene. Like I wanted her to really have a night where she let loose. Yeah, it was like, well, Lenny always goes out so I can go out. Like go somewhere where you're actually going to have fun or you can talk about it if you want to talk. Let's make it a talking night. But if you want to party and take shots, like, let's fucking do it. I, They kind of did her dirty putting the timer on the bottom of the screen, how much she was talking about Lenny. But, like, what else is she going to say? Like, oh, I got my hair done today. Like, oh, also, my husband's leaving me and trying to kick me out of my house. And my trainer dropped me because he's training the mistress. That's obviously more interesting. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, when I saw that timer, I was like, all right. Bring it. Give me 20 more. I dare you. Like I, right. I could listen make to it that. the whole hour make for it all I care. Exactly. Like I'm not bored by that. That's not, you know, at all. Weird flex. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like that's not Weird doing what you flex, think it's doing. Peacock. Yeah. Not doing what you think it's doing. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. This is a good episode. I loved it. I, I adore Julia. I, I do wonder, you know, what is the current situation if they – decided or or not to continue with the adoption given what's going yeah. on with Martina and I have to imagine that maybe that was put on the back burner I have no idea but again you know watching the scene knowing what we know now with Martina's health journey of course it it just hits different and I just think about them and and are really wishing the best because you can tell like that's a deep love there Andy was on radio Andy talking about like after he filmed the Miami reunion and just like the excitement and just the re-energizing feeling I felt hearing him talk about it like felt like he found his passion again you know he was so excited about it he's like this cast is fucking amazing the reunion was incredible there were receipts that you're not gonna believe it was I left feeling so just elated like it it just felt different like I know he left the Salt Lake City reunion wanting to literally like take an edible and sleep for 45 hours and not even think about it again well, that's what I was going to say. I heard him say that on Radio Andy after I had just watched the part two of the Salt Lake City. And I was like, you know what? Good for you because you needed that. Because at the end when he's talking to Meredith and basically just pleading with her to try to admit or at least acknowledge everyone's confusion about her relationship with Jen, 
he deserves to feel totally reinvigorated by the Miami women, as we all would. Literally, Miami reunion watching Salt Lake City couldn't be me. No. Let's uh, talk about Salt Lake City, though. Okay, if we have to. I mean, there's not that much to say. <laughs> as <laughs> usual. As usual. I I, I, I really want, like, want to talk for a second, though, about the Meredith Jen thing because it was so confusing. I thought maybe, maybe at the end of part two, we would get something from Meredith that felt like we were seen almost or that mm-hmm. she was at least willing to go there a little bit. And it was very bizarre. And that's really coming from us who like we've rode so hard for Meredith in the past and I still really like her. I'm just so confused by all of this. The only thing that stuck to me at all and like she kind of put it in a weird way, but my takeaway was she heard about Jen's, you know, mental health and how she was feeling and like how all of everything going on was affecting her and Meredith I think made the decision to say like I'm not going to be selfish I'm going to put all our bullshit behind I don't care like it doesn't affect me if she's guilty or not I'm going to be like a friend or a companion to her because she clearly needs it and Meredith just kind of put it in like such a weird way of like well I didn't say that the allegations were true and I you know, never cared of pleading guilty. And, you know, I'll feel different when she's sentenced. Like, just say I'm able to separate my feelings about her actions and all the things she does wrong, but also just trying to be like a nice person and show up for somebody who clearly is in need. And I chose to take that road. Like she was just, everything was like such a manipulation and like a a foggy explanation. That's what I was going to say. Of course that point stuck with me and it, it does resonate. You know, if you hear that someone is going through that in that way, of course you're going to put everything else aside and you value their life in a very real way. I totally understand that. That wasn't what it was. It was now. We're talking about now, current day, after the dust has settled. She's pled guilty. She, I mean, I guess Meredith still at the time of the reunion being filmed did have the advantage that she hadn't been sentenced yet. So she could still kind of use that as her bargaining chip to say, well, maybe my opinions will change once she's sentenced. So she had a bad But why does that matter? I don't, I have personally, like, I don't get it at all. But in her mind, clearly it did hold some weight. So I think for her, you know, she could hold out on that almost. But to me, it was like, I hear what you're saying. And I was like, no one is going to tell you, no, make someone feel worse when you know that they're down. No one is going to say that. It was like, okay, so after the fact, Let's talk about current day and her unwillingness to go there. It's like, I know Jen doesn't have something on Meredith. I don't feel that way at all. But the way she's talking for a split second, you almost feel that way, you know? And Andy felt that way. Yeah. And I understood why he did. It's just, I don't know. It's it's a very. very (laughs) What a weird show. It was a weird show. It was really, it was really bizarre. I mean, I think Lisa came out on top me yeah i'm just so over it i cannot even tell you or did you see the moment when whitney and heather are talking about how heather holds jen to a higher standard than whitney and whitney like completely doesn't understand what she says yeah you she's that like moment? yeah that's because i'm holding her to a higher, standard. A higher standard yeah <laughs> i was she's like, like oh like, jen does like the bare minimum and i blah 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 and she's like yeah because I hold you to a higher standard. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. That was so funny. I, yeah, you know that Andy was absolutely stoned on his way home that night. Oh, my God. 
he probably had like a lot of tequila. Yeah. Anyway, anything else <laughs> that you would like to mention from Salt Lake? Uh, no, and not for again for a <laughs> long time. And don't even ask me. <laughs> I won't. I know. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let us now cut to your interview with Tracy Tudor. Oh my God, my fucking girl. She is so cool, so chic, so amazing. Everything you think she is from the show, and I had such a good time with her. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. As I'm sure you can hear in our voices, talking about this every week is seriously one of the best parts of our week, and we just feel really lucky that we get to do it. And we'll see you guys next week. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But is it a time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time, with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary, open to U.S. residents 18 or older, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15, 2024. Void where prohibited. Okay, guys, I'm so excited because today I'm joined by the most fashionable real estate agent on TV, a best-selling author, and of course, the star of Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles, Tracy Tudor. Hey, Tracy, how are you? I'm really good. Happy to be in the city. Yeah, we're happy to have you. I'm obsessed with Million Dollar Listing, and I'm loving this season specifically. I feel like you guys have really found your rhythm, and just the three of you is really working. Have you felt like a difference? Does it feel different now that it's just the three of you or you yeah. doesn't change anything? A hundred percent. I mean, I think it's difficult to shoot a show as long as we shoot, which is, you know, close to year round um, with six people. Right. Um, you know, you're in, you're out, like you're off for a few weeks and you're back on. And I think the chemistry between Altman Flagg and myself is is natural. Yeah. And so narrowing it down to just the three of us, the viewers get to see just a little bit more of us and our personal lives and our actual real friendship, which I think is is cool. Yeah. You know, we always will do the real estate, but I think the more personal piece is interesting for the fans. I think you guys have one of the most interesting friendships on Bravo. Like even with the housewives, you sometimes sort of feel like they're just coworkers. Right. Whereas with you guys, like I was just watching the scene where you're all at 
the bar and you're like fucking with Josh Flagg and you're just having so much fun. Like you actually know that you guys are really good friends and oh, it's yeah. so it's so palpable and it seems like so much fun. We do. I mean, we have a really good time. There's no doubt about it. But I mean, you do what we do for a living, you know, and the high stress environment that you're in to mm-hmm. be able to have like two people on a show with you that totally get it. And, you know, we meet for happy hour like once a week. Uh, you know, we really actually do it. And and I was so excited that World of Wonder and Bravo wanted to like tap into that a little bit more because typically, you know, we are more of a series and less of a reality type television show. So when they were like, we're going to go for it this season and change it up a little bit, I was pumped. So it gets better. I mean, we're just getting started. We're six episodes in and I just watched this Thursday night's episode and Bobby Boyd comes back for a little oh. appearance and so we were like ah! oh my god how are you still friends with him at all are you you know um I have a lot of respect for Bobby but my my friendship truly has always been with Josh but I do adore Bobby and I wish him the best and I think he's thriving so good for him yeah good for him are you watching any of the housewife shows i saw your stories um, speaking of flag that you guys were laying in bed watching salt lake city last night so oh yeah i don't know your takes on that so i was introduced to meredith a while through a friend of ours john carabino who i adore and he's like you two need to meet anyways we still haven't gotten together but we've been chatting back and forth sort of in dms and online and whatever um But I got hooked into it one weekend when I was sick, and I was like four or five episodes in. So I have to finish the season before tonight. Yes, you have to finish. Because I'm like invested at this point. Like I'm invested in the Jen Shaw thing. I want to know what's happening with like Heather. And they they fight like crazy, which... I, I, how these women fight so much is beyond me, but I mean, I guess we're doing a reality show, so that's <laughs> no. Salt Lake City's definitely fighters. Is that the only? Oh no, I also. Oh no, no, no. I'm fully invested in Beverly Hills oh, as good. well. Um, big fan of that show, and I know most of the girls on that show, with the exception of Rinna and Erica. Mm. Um, I haven't really spent any time with them, but I, I love the women on that show. They put on a, they put a really good season on. Oh, they definitely do. I mean, when I wrote on Instagram that you were coming on, someone wrote, all right, Tracy, cut the bullshit. Just join Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Would you ever, or are you just happy doing what I you're mean, doing? I mean, she's not the first person that said that. <laughs> Let me just put it to you this way. You have to talk to Andy about that, but I do think that I could bring a little bit of heat to that show. I mean, obviously, I'm in their wheelhouse, and uh, it's a fun show to watch, but I don't know how I would do, too. So we'll see what happens with Million Dollar Listing, but I love that show, so it'd be an honor to be on it. No, you would be so good. Do you watch the episodes back? Like, Do you watch all both of the Josh's segments and like surprise what's going on with them or that you got to see what they're doing and their shenanigans? (laughs) The Josh and Josh show, I have not seen. It's really funny. I think Is you would it? get a really I think you would get such a kick out of it, honestly, because you know them so well. I know. They're so full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't actually seen that, but we were laughing last night because we were watching the episode and we got to Altman's scene and because of course Flag and I are sitting together in a hotel room. I was like, just fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen this. We know him. You're like, I want to see how I look. You yeah, know? you're like, like candidly, my scene's better. No, we no, we actually all have a laugh, and we all we all think that we're the ones carrying the show, each of us individually. Right. Of course, no, that's honestly that's why it makes it. No you, egos here. No. no, definitely not. One of my favorite reality moments that I've watched a lot of reality TV is 
your confessional, I think it was last season or two seasons ago, when you find out that Josh gave up his commission and helped you get the house. Mm -hmm. That, honestly, like, I don't cry. And I cried at that. I know. Everybody gets emotional. Like, all of our followers and stuff were like, it was like the sweetest moment. And I guess they had played it back before they started airing the new season. And we just got a a ton of messages about it again. It was a really sweet moment. Like, I genuinely did not know he was coming into my interview that day. Like, they really surprised me and caught me off guard. So it was just a sweet moment. And how special to have that on camera. Like, you always will get to watch it. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, it's like I'm such so a, like, a like, pain. I'm like Kim Kardashian. Like, I hate seeing myself cry on camera because I'm always like, you know, it's like the ugliest face ever. No, you're a pretty Not crier. a pretty crier. No, Not a pretty you crier. are. You are. But it was sweet. How do you feel about all the other sort of, I don't want to say copycat shows, but other, you know, real estate, reality, glamorous shows that have come on? Like, why do you think they're different? And I don't know. What do you think about them? I mean, we're we're the OG show, obviously, um, which is something to be sort of respected. And I think the other shows have obviously an admiration for it on some level because they created a show sort of surrounding that. Yeah. Um, I think there's different angles. You know, I think Selling Sunset is a certain type of entertainment, a little less real estate focused and a little more like fun, fashion, like girl drama type environment and uh buying beverly hills is a little more real estate focused and their actual agents um and is a great show i think we've just been around for a really long time and you know there's a certain amount of respect for a show that's been on for 14 years yeah did you watch million dollar listing before you joined or did you go back and watch it i did watch the show not religiously i wasn't like a diehard fan but I watched the show from time to time, and then, you know, obviously when I appeared on it for the first time, it was, you know, showing one of Altman's listings, Mm. and then they were like, your client wants to make an offer, and I said, yeah, they're like, great, can we film again, because we love the chemistry between you and Josh Altman, and so after that episode aired, um, World of Wonder called and said, would you be interested in potentially talking to us about the show, and I was like... This is really exciting. So Wow. So it wasn't ever something you like sought out after to try and be on TV. It just sort of happened. Well, I was an actress back in the day right. before failing and becoming a real <laughs> estate agent and then full circle moment ended up on a TV show. But um, no, I definitely was not out to, you know, find a show. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think I sort of the reality show world in when I was in my late 20s and early 30s was happening. And I was like, oh, I could, I couldn't do that. It would like ruin my career. But that's back when we used to think such a different... that these shows yeah. and the perception of being on these shows was a bad thing. And obviously that turned a serious corner. No, definitely turned it. Now it's like everybody wants to be on reality TV. No kidding. <laughs> this season's a lot of your friends. I feel like every time we're introduced to a new character, you're like, it's my, my best, best friend, my best friend, my best friend. I'm like, wow, Tracy's a a lot of best friends that are looking to sell their houses but do you like working with your friends not only off camera but on camera like do they want to be on the show how does that work out the truth is I do work with a lot of my friends and and that's a fine line I have had friends where it has not gone well um business and pleasure yeah like there's certain people you you just you, you should know and there's a little bit of that red flag and you're like should I do this And it's been a mistake in the past, but the people that I worked with on the show are all big fans of mine as a real estate agent and were using me anyways, and they're fans of the show. So it was was only natural. I mean, 
And Kaylin with the cats. I mean, that She's was like TV gold. Yeah. I'm like, you, if you don't get a show out of this, and sure enough, she she called me yesterday and she said, I got a phone call. And I was like, I told you, girl, you belong on TV. <laughs> no, that would have been a disservice if you didn't put her in an episode because 100%. it was perfect. She's like crazy cat lady. And also she's buying the gorgeous Diane Keaton house. Yeah. It's like I could not have asked she's for a better for episode. TV. Totally. I was like, you're doing it. What do your daughters think about it? I know your daughter was in, I think it was last week's episode, yeah. and she had her own little confessional moment. Like, do they like it? Are they she's, interested? She's Juliet's really comfortable on camera. It's, it's almost freakish. <laughs> Um, she's really natural. Yeah. Like she doesn't get nervous. She's, she's great. Like so at ease with it. I think even more so than Flag and Altman and myself. Mm. Like she doesn't have that sort of barrier of I'm on TV right now. I should say it this way or that way. She's just naturally that eloquent. And she's on this um, uh, this week's episode as well. And she's so good. Wow, that's so fun. Yeah, that's I'm like really God. Nice. Do you need an agent? Like, do we need to do something about this? I'm thinking you might. no. I don't know. Well, maybe she'll just be on the show with you, and that would yeah. be, I mean, that yeah, would be amazing. That's do you still keep in touch with Frederick? <laughs> no. <laughs> did he, is it true he set you up with your boyfriend? He did, and and he's, you know, he's a sweetheart. Um, we've, we've had our disagreements, um, you know, mostly real estate related. I think if I wasn't in real estate and I didn't know who he was as like a business person, mm -hmm. we'd probably still be friends. Right. Um, and he did introduce me to Eric when I started training at Dog Pound in West Hollywood and said, he'd be such a good trainer for you. He's so funny, so easygoing, and he's not hard on the eyes. <laughs> so, that's... so he set you up to work out, not even to no. date. Oh. No, no, no. So you don't know him that much. No! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know him anything. And you also always will side with flag again and he really screwed him over yeah he did yeah that's one of my favorite comments we posted all of you writing on um Frederick i know posted when, about it Ooh, when that went down i was like ooh, i was like following the comments i was like this is getting bad oh yeah it was bad but like so good because you all <laughs> swooped in to josh's defense and it was honestly it was great and that's like when the real friendship things come into play because yep. that's really very true you and, and you know the housewife shows they're always on twitter and like you know, doing that whole thing. And that's not typically something that we do. Yeah. We sort of stay out of that lane. But at a certain time, you know, you got to step up and, and speak your mind, whether that's on social media or not. Right. Because you have real business get, gets involved. It's not just, you know, yep. coming to the reunion. Yeah. You don't even need a reunion. You guys just like hash it out in front of each other, right? Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> like I said, more to come. <laughs> I cannot wait. A couple questions from Instagram we got. Everybody asks about your fashion just Aww. because you are so fabulous. And someone said, how do you pick out your outfits? You always look so great. Is it the same as what you would wear when you're not filming? I definitely step it up a little bit. Um, but I actually dressed for myself. But I also think about where I'm going. Right. Like if I'm going to a super high-end listing or someone that I admire that dresses well themselves, like I'm going to elevate what I wear. Um you know, but that being said, like, I like to get dressed up. And there's kind of like two versions of me. There's Sweatsuit Tracy and Nike Jordan Tracy. And then there's, you know, Bottega 7-inch <laughs> Platform Tracy. And there's just no two ways about it. I've, I've never been able to do the go-between. Right. I love a great dress that's, like, comfortable that you could just slip on. But I'm also a big fan of a blazer and jeans. And I know people are like, if you wear one more blazer over your shoulders, I'm like, but... 
It's too big. Like, no, it I just, works. I just, it totally works. It's my thing. I'm always screenshotting your outfits, and people are always like posting Tracy's closet. What's Tracy wearing? And it's like, <laughs> it's such another fun element of it. Not but just trust me, by like the end of the season, I'm like, I never want to see these clothes again. <laughs> then you're in your real sweatpants <laughs> era, right? When you're totally. done. Um, would you and your boyfriend Eric ever start a fitness account? You both are in such great shape. Thanks to him, I'm in great shape because he busts my ass and makes me get up at 5.30 in the morning. But, um, you know, he's got his own thing going um, where he's selling some of his equipment and, like, really great, like, travel things so that when you're on the go for work, you can, like, still maintain, like, your workout regime. I don't know if there's a a future there for me. There's not a ton of money in fitness, and I'm always like, how am I going to make more money? (laughs) So if I find a new way to do that, then yes, we will sort that out. Houses make you more money, definitely. Yeah, we're in the right business. Yeah. What was the turning point from competition to friendship with you and the Joshes? Did you ever have the competitive nature that they had, or you sort of more started out as friends? I mean, the truth is, I think being a woman in this industry um, and competing against people like Josh and the bravado, Altman, I mean, and the bravado of all of that, is always going to be a challenge, um, even competing against Mauricio yeah. or, you know, just guys that are at the level that they're at. I'm also at that level, but it it still is, there's that break where, you know, as a woman, I really have to push and work three times as hard to even be in the room. Yeah. And that's just something that I've always recognized and I'll continue to fight for and, I still want to be able to like break those boundaries and represent women on the show, but also represent like the idea that you can be 47 and date a 28 year old. You can, you know, be making millions of dollars a year and sell hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate. And you can also wear a crop top. Yeah. Like these boundaries that I think have been created about what women are supposed to do and how they're supposed to look in their professional lives is kind of bullshit. Totally. You know what I mean? So and I was saying earlier that I think it's it's more women that are holding each other back at this point than men. Um, Josh is a great competitor of mine, um, but always lifts me up and supports me. And I've oftentimes found that like women, even on social media and and you know, tend to be the trolls. Yeah. They tend to have something to say about what I'm wearing, how my hair looks, what kind of plastic surgery I've had, and am I dressing appropriately or professionally to represent homes? And it's like, not only am I all of those things, inappropriate, appropriate, whatever you want to call it, I still sold that house for the highest possible dollar for my client, and they're happy. So what does that say about how I present myself? Totally. That I can do it in a bikini if I fucking want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why when you came on the show and it was all these guys, it was like, move over, Tracy's here. And I think everybody really loved that and appreciated you seeing that on the show. And just the way you lead your team is just unbelievable for like all women in business. And, you know, we appreciate that, obviously. And I love that because to me, I'm such a girl's girl. And, you know, there's there are women out there that aren't, you yeah. know, aren't for other women. Right. And that is really, truly the opposite of, of me. I, I, I want to support everybody. I support Heather. Um, yeah, I like, love you two together. I love her. I think she's a total boss. And even other women in my industry that I admire, Jade Mills, like 
these women have been killing it in the business for a really long time and they do it their way, but they don't have the same platform that I have. So I'm going to keep putting it out there until we start to support each other a little bit more. I love that. That's a great mission. I mean, you kind of touched on this and obviously in your book, I think you speak a lot about this, but your biggest piece of advice for making it in the real estate game. You got to have some grit. You know, I think you know, not everybody necessarily is born with it, but you fall on your face enough times and get back up, you develop it pretty quickly. This business is not for wimps. Um, you know, most of the time, I think the perception, um, particularly because of these beautiful glamour shows that we're all lucky enough to be a part of, send a message that, you know, it's all glamour and luxury and you can, you know, be 18 years old and be making a million bucks a year. All of those things are possible, but not without you know, the amount of work, effort, hours, and day after day grind. And for every deal that you see me win and Josh Altman win and Josh Flagg win on our show, there were 14 that we may have lost. Right. So you really have to be able to get gritty and and understand that you're going to fall more times. It's about getting up that what, it's, it's what really matters. Mm. Is there a housewives or Bravo property or house that you – think is like the best one like through the years that you've seen mine <laughs> I'm just kidding no your house yeah um you know I'm I'm a big fan of like architecture and interior design I've always been passionate about it my sisters were both interior designers my ex-husband's a builder it's just kind of how I grew up so I really understand like quality yeah um I'd say if I had to pick a housewife or a, a show or of the houses that I have seen I, I, I like Kyle's house. Yeah. I think it's like just the beautiful setback from the street, like the nature of the traditional and the old school. Like that's my jam. Yeah, I love her house. Yeah. Um, to end, we're going to play a little game called Josh or Josh. So ah. you'll tell me if you think Flag or Altman are the better pick for each of these. Okay. Who would you rather have run your Instagram for a week? Flag. Mm. Who would you rather dress you for a TV appearance? Altman. Interesting. Who would you rather be stranded on a desert island with? <sighs> Alone. Uh, maybe Altman. I mean, flag with the gas and the, you know, <laughs> burping all the time. He's a lot of work. He was annoying you on your flight yesterday. Like, oh, he's he like your little kid. He's like a child. Like, and, <laughs> and he steals your dogs. Yeah, there's a lot that comes along with being friends with flag. Altman's a little more, if I had to be on an island, I think he's a little more independent. Mm. Like Josh would be like, hi. And like, there's miles of beach here. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you let decorate your house? <sighs> Me. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, they both have such distinct taste. They do probably, have opposite taste. Probably Altman. And which Josh is funnier? Flag. Wow. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tracy. This was so much fun. I'm so yeah, happy we got to fun. chat. Thank you. It was fun chatting. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.